What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Gadget Reason Radio here on Anchor FM. My name is Sean. I'm your host and everybody's favorite tech geek and gadget nerd here on Anchor FM. So I have rounded up some more interesting tech news from around the interwebs for you guys today. And I'm going to share my thoughts on a few of them with you in today's tech download for Tuesday, August 29th, 2017. Yesterday, both Microsoft and Dell had some announcements to make in the VR slash MR headset space, with both companies making announcements about products that should be interesting to anybody who has an interest in either VR or mixed reality gaming or other content. For its part, Dell announced the VR Visor, which will retail for $349 and goes on sale in October. The Visor VR headset is actually a mixed reality headset and is being released in conjunction with Microsoft Windows mixed reality platform. Speaking of Microsoft's mixed reality platform, the software giant is looking to leverage one of its most popular IPs in Halo and is partnering with 343 Industries to bring a mixed reality VR gaming experience centered around the Halo universe to gamers. Neither of these announcements came with a whole lot of details. On the Dell side, we know that the headset will retail for $349 and release sometime in October, and we know that the headset contains two 1440 by 1440 LCD panels, um, and we have some pictures of what the headset looks like. But aside from that, we don't really know much else. A few people that got their hands on it did mention that it is extremely comfortable and lightweight, so that's a good sign. But aside from that, we don't know much else about the Dell visor. As far as 343 Industries and the Halo announcement, we have no idea what type of game it might be. Unfortunately, a lot of gaming experiences in VR right now are centered around sort of these on-rails type shooters where you don't have total control of your character. Um, So you're kind of like on this roller coaster ride. And uh, if that's what Halo ends up being, that'll be a disappointment. But we'll just have to sit back, wait, and see. Now, for those of you that are confused about the difference between VR, MR, AR, all these different R platforms, I'll kind of fill you in as quick as I can here. The only difference you need to know between VR and MR is that virtual reality is an experience where you put the headset on and it completely um, replaces the world that you're in. You can't see any of the surrounding real world and all you can see is just the virtual world that's inside the headset. With AR, which is augmented reality, you get basically an overlay or a mix of virtual reality content overlaid in the real world. So you kind of have a mix of real world and virtual objects. Then when it comes to mixed reality, mixed reality is a little bit different because the real world that you do get to see, um, unlike in AR, is actually being captured by two cameras on the front of the VR headset. So they can themselves be augmented and display something that might not actually be there. So you can kind of think about mixed reality as being a mix between VR and augmented reality. So if you have any other questions about that, leave me a comment or a call in and I'll try to answer those for you. But let me know if you guys are interested in wearing a headset for hours on end to play games because it seems like most of the tech industry definitely thinks that you do. So let me know. Yesterday, rumors were being circulated that the date for Apple's annual iPhone event had been leaked, and I didn't comment on that story yesterday because I was waiting to see if there was any confirmation from Apple, but here we are a day later and we still don't have it nailed down for sure, but it's looking pretty likely that Apple's iPhone keynote event will be taking place on September 12th, and you can probably expect that pre-orders should go live on that Friday, which would be September 15th. So I'm sure this is going to be a total fiasco, just like every other iPhone launch slash pre-order date, but um, it'll be interesting to see how much more of a frenzy there is because of the iPhone 8 being that big leap forward that people are expecting. So 
yeah, not much else to really uh, talk about with that. We'll just have to sit around and wait and see what the event has in store. And uh, I'm really interested to see if they're going to announce any other products besides the new iPhones. So let me know what you guys think. Early reports of testing to the Galaxy Note 8 display are rolling in, and it looks like for now at least, the Galaxy Note 8's OLED display is king of the mountain. Now this really shouldn't come as too big of a surprise because obviously OLED displays are the future of display technology, and Samsung has certainly been leading the front on that new technology for quite a while now. And most of their new smartphones, as well as their OLED televisions, usually get high marks for being some of the best displays around. But at the same time, we know that this won't last very long because there's always a new smartphone around the corner that will be coming out with a bigger, brighter, better display with higher pixel density and higher resolutions. So um, this is just the way things go in the cell phone industry. Now, I've commented before that I think they're getting a little carried away with the pixel pushing and trying to convince all of us consumers that we absolutely need a 5K, 8K, 12K. I mean, when does it end with the ridiculous numbers of pixels they're packing into these little, um, you know, five to eight? seven inch displays that we're going to hold about four feet away from our face at a certain point you're you're really getting to a law of diminishing return situation where you just can't see or appreciate much better than than fantastic so i mean there's there's a limit to what great can really be and uh i think we're kind of there at least for now so but i'm sure that the samsung galaxy note 8 display does look fantastic in person as will the iPhone 8's display when it's released and every other flagship smartphone that will come out in 2017 and 2018. The displays are obviously the things that are front and center and we have to stare at them the entire time we're using these devices. So it's, uh, it's only natural that we want a really nice looking and clean looking display. So for those of you that are interested in getting a Note 8, you can head to your favorite wireless carrier right now and pre-order it for about $960 and it should arrive by September 14th. A supposed prototype of NVIDIA's Shield 2 device showed up in a Canadian pawn shop. I'm not sure how many of you remember the NVIDIA Shield, but back in 2013, NVIDIA released its first Shield branded device, which was basically their answer to a portable gaming console. It was a large sort of Xbox 360 looking controller that had a clamshell LCD display that you could fold open in front of it. And it ran on a fairly powerful mobile processor using the NVIDIA Tegra technology. And uh, it was pretty powerful. And uh, eventually they did get some pretty decent games for it, but it never really quite got the third party support that you might see on something from say, Sony or Nintendo or whoever. And so basically it kind of just floundered along. It became sort of everybody's favorite emulator box. People put Nintendo and uh, Super Nintendo and N64 emulators on it and played games that way. And eventually it did tie into Nvidia's game streaming technology, which would allow you to stream full-blown PC games from your computer running on an Nvidia GTX graphics card to the Nvidia Shield anywhere in your house and eventually even outside of your home. I tested that thing out for the better part of a year and it just never did work with that streaming technology, which is actually the biggest thing that I, I really wanted it for. Uh, the idea of being able to play um, a PC game that was on my computer up in my office all the way, you know, in my bedroom or, you know, sitting on my couch in the living room was pretty appealing, but it just never quite worked out. And in a lot of ways, I think the Nvidia Shield was basically sort of like a proof of concept. And I think a lot of that technology and a lot of the ideas from that project are ultimately kind of what led to the partnership with Nintendo for the Nintendo Switch. In many ways, the Nintendo Switch 
switch is a, is a perfect evolution of what Nvidia was trying to do with the Shield. They were trying to make a full-blown sort of a powerful gaming device that could play full AAA console type games on a portable device. But it does look like at some point uh, Nvidia was actually considering releasing a follow-up to the original Shield device. So a Redditor posted some photos of the device along with some specs and it seems like it's some type of developer unit. It had an ARM Cortex A57 CPU which ran at 1.91 gigahertz which is basically a Tegra X1 chip and it also had 3 gigabytes of RAM and a 5.9 inch display which is said to be 1440 by 810 which is a little bit of a display bump over the 720p screen that the original Nvidia Shield portable device had. So um, kind of interesting. I'd definitely like to see it in person and uh, some lucky individual got a uh, interesting piece of history that most of us will never get to uh, see. So pretty cool stuff. Today, Google took the wraps off of some major changes to the YouTube platform, including an updated mobile app and the first major revision of the logo since the platform's inception. There have been signs for a couple of months now that YouTube was looking to make some changes to the overall look and feel of the YouTube platform, and today they're making all those changes official with the updated look to the website being available to everybody, including the new dark mode for nighttime watching and also unveiling the new version of the mobile app. If you're interested in some of the more geeky technical aspects of what's going on behind the hood to make the new version of YouTube better, Google said that they moved to the open source JavaScript library Polymer, which will allow them to make changes more quickly in the future. The upgrade to the desktop experience leverages things like Google's material design elements, as well as adding in that new dark mode feature for nighttime viewing, so you can watch YouTube in a more cinematic feel. I was a little disappointed to hear that the dark mode feature won't be making its way to the mobile app, which is kind of weird to me because I think that that makes more sense than anything because a lot of us watch YouTube videos on our iPad or on our phones while we're in bed and that can be a little distracting to this, your significant other. So I would much rather have the dark mode available while I'm browsing through videos to watch uh, on the mobile app. So that seems kind of silly to me that they left that out. Hopefully they'll bring that over eventually. It looks like Ford and Domino's are testing out the possibility of having self-driving cars deliver pizza to customers. Obviously, concerns about safety and these driverless cars driving all over the place delivering pizzas set aside, there still is one other issue that may be a problem. And that is, of course, the fact that a car can't drive itself right up to your front door, which means that customers will have to go outside and greet the car in their driveway or on the street and pick up their pizza somehow from the vehicle itself. Domino's president Russell Wiener did say that that was a concern and that how customers react to going outside to get their food would play a big role in whether they go forward. And he did say that making sure the interface is clear and simple was also a priority. The self-driving cars will have what basically amounts to a pizza ATM machine built into the car with a warming oven inside the vehicle. And you can slide your card and put in things like your pin code on the touchpad outside the vehicle. And uh, I guess from there, there's some type of uh, window roll down type of deal where you can reach in and grab your pizza. So that could be kind of interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about having dozens and dozens of cars in every city rolling around delivering pizzas with no drivers in them. But um, as this technology continues to get better, it just seems like it's inevitable that we are going to see a lot of cars racing around the roads with no drivers in the driver's seat. It looks like future generations of high school and college students everywhere are going to have to look elsewhere for a part-time job to help pay the bills. Let me know what you guys think. Do you care if driverless cars are delivering pizzas from Domino's all around the country? Let me know.
And that's going to do it for another episode of Gadget Reason Radio here on Anchor FM. Be sure to favorite the station if you like the content and leave me a comment or call in if you have anything interesting to add to the tech conversation for today. Otherwise, I will be back tomorrow with another tech download and possibly some other interesting content. But that's going to do it for today. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Thank you.